0: welcome back to to some extent happy tuesday everybody um we are lucky enough to have a new guest on today i'm sure if you're watching this a few of you may know him already but um we're lucky enough to have vish kumarin on today welcome (laughs) vish how you doing what's up it's an honor to be on um yeah dude i appreciate you coming on here um but I, I will say just to give you a little introduction, Vish has has kind of set himself apart in in the YouTube space a little bit and created a pretty successful show called uh, the Vish Kumaran Show, and uh, he'll obviously get into it a little bit later in the interview. But it centers a lot around the sports and a lot around football. I would say, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. A hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then. Uh, I would say most, most specifically 49ers content, probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's awesome, dude. Um, you're doing really well, it looks like, and, and the, the platform's growing really well, too. So um, that's why I think you've got uh, some great experience and could be a really great interview for everybody listening.
1: Hey, I really appreciate that, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy to be here.
0: Yeah, 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 of course. So. I wanted to hear a little bit about how you like first got started on your on your channel or like why you even decided to to start a YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, so that's a pretty long story that I'll try to keep as concise as possible. <laughs> Basically, I, I was messing around on social media over the course of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time I was I got connected with a 49ers beat reporter at the time named Grant Cone. Now, you and I have known each other for years. You yeah. know how how big of a 49ers fan I am. And yeah, how much I talk yes. about the 49ers and how much I care about them. So I, I obviously was like, I was as big a fan as you can be. And so I got connected with this guy. And he and I would just have good conversation about mm-hmm. football. And so at the time, he was kind of transferring his sports coverage because he was realizing that Sports coverage in general, and this was right at the start of the pandemic, was moving away from that written form to this broadcast YouTube format. And he at the time was barely, I think he was just at about 7,000, 8,000 subs on YouTube. Now I think he's at 65,000 subs, but he at the time was growing his YouTube channel, channel barely. And he was Mm -hmm. like, Hey dude, you want to do a show with me? I was like, I was still in college over the course of the pandemic. I was like, why the hell not? Like, mm-hmm. who cares? Like, it, it would be yeah, like I'm a great, sp- right? It would be like a great speaking opportunity. Um, and worst case, everybody hates me. It's okay, it's not my full time <laughs> profession. I could just disappear. Exactly. And it turned out that that show turned out to be quite successful. And so, then I he was telling me about starting my own YouTube channel at the time because mm-hmm. he was starting to make some profits from YouTube and he suggested the idea to me. Um, and so. At the time, actually, the one person I actually told about this entire connection who used to watch all the shows is Blake. Yeah. So I was telling Blake about it, and he also showed some interest into doing a similar thing. I didn't want to do my channel originally 49er centric, which is why Mm -hmm. I thought Blake was such a perfect co-host too, because I didn't want to get so lost into covering the team where I would lose my fandom. My fandom Mm -hmm. is precious to me. It still is precious to me. And so like, I didn't want to get so involved and be, have so much investment into my takes where instead of rooting for the team, I'm starting to root for myself. And that that would happen naturally, but I didn't want to do that. So um, ultimately we were able to start the YouTube channel. It actually did pretty well. We were able to make some pocket change for like a year and it, it went, it went great for a year and then from there uh we took a break and then i slowly once i started working i started finding more time for streaming Mm -hmm. um and i also i I feel like over the course of this year i found a balance on how i want to do it within the part within my life in a way that i can you know preserve my fandom and preserve my passion for the team and enjoying the sport and all of that but also be able to have a little bit of fun analyzing and talking about it, which we all do, I guess, naturally anyway. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think um, if you, if you know Blake or Vish, they kind of are are kind of doing their own little podcast at all times when they're talking sports, and uh, they can both just rattle off takes all the time. And so I think <laughs> it's super interesting how you guys kind of like decided to just notice that and are like. Let's just like make a show out of this, honestly. Right. If we're already doing this talking. We might as well just right. like, record it and put it on YouTube.
1: Right. Um, exactly. And that is what yeah, it is, yeah. right? Like that's conversation at the lunch table for years upon years of arguments about different things. Like that's, I think, something that everybody can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was awesome. the goal. Now it's really hard to do that because you're so free when yeah. you're talking. Like exactly. just amongst your friends, and then now yeah. you put this camera in front of your face, and there's people watching. Great, we didn't have that many people watching, but even one yeah. or two people watching, it creates a level of it. it you really put up a guard, and so that's yeah. another thing. If Pressure. you were asking me about yeah. something I've learned from this, it would be like you really have to express yourself to show some personality on camera. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. So, so I want to kind of dive deeper a little bit into that, and just like, how did you get over that hump? Like When I first started doing this channel, I feel like the first couple episodes, we were awkward just because we knew that there was like a microphone in front of us. And even though we've been talking forever and everything's super conversational, it's just tough to kind of get over that hump of like realizing, oh, yeah, I'm being recorded. And uh, I feel like after a while, I'm starting to get more used to it. But I wanted to know, like, how how you got used to it as well.
1: I'm still not used to it. Mm -hmm. It It's still like a very deliberate thing where I'm aware of everything. And I had a lot of ticks actually as a streamer when I first started. So my first stream, I was bobbing up and down the entire time just because it helped me think. And then somebody pointed out to me, I shake my legs a lot on camera and that used to get, that used to start getting caught in the mic and people would be like, what's that sound? And so I I have a lot of ticks. I'm, Becoming more and more aware of it and improving as I go. But I, I wouldn't say that it's something that I'm naturally just comfortable with. Some people are just able to come on camera and it's like they're just able to express themselves very, very clearly. For yeah. me, it is a little bit of a deliberate process that I have to kind of, you know, make sure and be aware and be present at all times of all the different ticks that I may have that make. Because yeah. obviously that affects presentation.
0: Yeah, so you're trying to, like, after somebody makes a comment to you, you're kind of like, all right, maybe I'll go back and look at that and try to fix it a little right, bit. Right, right, okay. right. Okay. Yeah, because I feel like that's hard, too, because, you know, you never really think about that stuff until you watch yourself on camera right. and you're like, like, why am I doing that? Well, like, yeah. And you never really notice until you record yourself, which is a huge hump to get over, I feel like. Right. Yeah. The other one
1: is how you sound. Oh, my God. I still mm. haven't gotten to that one like I can't even listen to myself because yeah I I just don't like my voice yeah are you
0: able to watch your shows over like are you after you do a show are you able to watch it no never never (laughs) luckily
1: I mostly for the most part I remember okay how it went everything that was said Mm -hmm. all of that like I just have it I'm able to retain that but dude it's so hard to watch it back like I'll cut up my shows just as an easy way to um, get some videos on and stuff. And even when I do that, like I cannot listen to myself. Cause like in my head, when I delivered that take or I delivered that statement, you know, sometimes it's something I thought of in the shower. I practiced it in the mirror. Like I'm going to deliver it and it's going to sound really, really good. And I say it and I hear it back and it's like, I don't like how I sound. And (laughs) it's something that I personally have been unable to get past. Maybe others, have much better advice on how you can get over that i have not been able to so it's definitely a very odd thing yeah
0: so yeah i don't i don't like to watch my shows either but i would say after a while like even i've only we've only done like maybe three months of episodes at this point but even after a while like i don't even i bet you don't remember what you said in that episode a year ago so it's like it's it's hard to even be like oh like I remember exactly what, the, what went on in that episode even though I've made like fifty episodes since All right, which is, which is crazy but I want to hear a little bit about like some of your goals for the show and like where you think that the show is going um how maybe how long do you think you're gonna keep doing it if you're gonna keep doing it forever I wanna I wanna hear some maybe short term long term goals for the show.
1: That's a deep question. I, I haven't yeah. necessarily put a lot of thought into that. Okay. Um, I would say short term goals. The one thing I always wanted, as long as I did it, was to just be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Players, coaches, whatever I talk about, I just want it to be fair. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes sports coverage isn't necessarily fair. And I feel like media is powerful in general, right? You're telling a story. You're yeah, in control yeah, of how a story is told, right? You're mm-hmm. the one that, like historically, when people look back, it's the media that told the story of how things happened. So you yeah. have so much power. How do you do that fairly? How do you do that honestly? I wouldn't say that's always done that way. Yeah. So I, w- as long as I'm doing it, I wanted to have some level of integrity while doing it. But in terms of short-term goals, man, as long as it's fitting within my life where I'm enjoying doing it. I am getting a satisfaction from doing it. And it's really just a way to fuel. I, I really like football. I like watching football. I watch football yeah. 365 days a year. So it's really just a way to fuel that hobby. And as yeah. long as that passion still exists, I will do this. And I will. as long mm-hmm. as it fits within my life, I will mm-hmm. do it. But long term, I wouldn't say I want to reach a certain number or I want to become this kind of person Or I want to be that because it's not my profession and I don't look I don't look at it as something that would ever become my profession. Like I'm happy with where I am professionally and I'm happy with how this fits in as a hobby.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, honestly, if you're having fun, I feel like you don't really need you don't need to have goals, just kind of ride the wave. Right, exactly. I want to go back a little bit to to what you said in the beginning of that question though. Like you are kind of commenting on people's lives and like their, their jobs. Cause it is their profession right. uh, playing football. And obviously they take that stuff really, really seriously. Um, so do you kind of like watch what you say, or do you try to be, like you said, like you try to be as fair as possible to the people that you're talking about as well as like maybe the people you're talking with.
1: Yeah. And the number one thing that that was for me was it, it meant that I had a massive learning curve to catch up on? Okay. It's a sport I've never played. at at, mm-hmm. at first, when I started doing it, like obviously, I took a little bit of umbrage when people used to, you know, say that to me. Now, yeah. I I kind of embrace it because at the end of the day, no matter what I say about the sport, there's just certain physical experiences that I cannot relate to because I never stepped foot on the field and actually, you know, participated in whatever whether it's tackling whether it's throwing all these things and so i'm okay with that now my goal with there then is how do i best you know okay i have this lapse in experience how do i best compensate for that and so for me that was just doing as much research as i can so digging into a lot of coaching clinics a lot of scheme-based stuff so learning as much as possible about the game. So when I do commentate about it, I'm com- I'm commentating about it from a position of I've done my research. And yeah. I mean all these things are available. That's actually probably the best part of it. Like I can Google and pretty much learn whatever I want today, um yeah. just because there's information, there's wealth of da- there's wealth of knowledge available online on just about every topic. And so it's about finding the right information and finding the right people mm-hmm. to teach it. And so That's been, I would say, the number one thing when you ask me, like, do I watch myself when I commentate? Like, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And so, like, it's definitely, like, it takes up a lot of my time where a lot of the time spent on this is not even streaming. It's just spending time learning and digging into stuff as much as possible because I have a clear lapse in experience that the only way I can cover for it the best as possible is
0: through learning. And did you think that that was – tough to kind of establish credibility at the beginning because you maybe hadn't played the sport or like um you know you see a lot of these like professional football players retired football players kind of come into the podcasting world or the media world and everyone immediately is like this guy knows what he's talking about he right, played right, 15 right. years in the league so right. i feel like for somebody who hasn't played the sport um at any level tough, yeah it could be tough to establish credibility for sure
1: yeah, so the credibility part, I got kind of lucky.
0: Okay,
1: um, when I first got on Twitter, uh, and whatever, um, and I, I realized, like, as I'm gonna do this, if I'm gonna do this, I have to take this seriously and I have mm-hmm. to do the research. So I, I was able to start researching this stuff like very, very early, start watching coaching clinics like very, very early, start learning this stuff early. I, I it's dude, it's a mountain of knowledge. I'm nowhere near. Uh, even, you know, the near the beginning of what there is to learn about football. It's such a deep strategic game, but Mm -hmm. I've learned just a little bit in that time. But what happened for me is in those beginning stages is a 49ers player. Actually, I I got, I was able to get connected with him very, very early on at the time. And so like when we started our YouTube channel, like the third video or third stream that we did, I was able to interview him. So that was like Instant credibility for me, my channel, and everything because a player came on with me. Now, that's that was lucky, like that. He just happened to find me on social media and we connected, right? We connected, and so that was kind of a, I would say, like a lucky occurrence on how that happened. Um, the fight for credibility, dude, it's constant because it's not just the fact that I'm not a player, I'm also a fan. I, you know, mm. I don't attach myself to any network, any publication or anything that would give me credibility. Right. Like, for example, yeah. if I had studied even me without playing any football, if I'd studied, you know, journalism at Syracuse and gotten on with a paper and I was writing and I was writer for this paper, that was my bio. I'm probably instantly more credible as someone that's on the beat covering the team rather mm. than who I am today. So it, it's a constant battle. Um, it it does mess with you. Like you, you definitely try and convince people you're credible for a little while. Like, sure, that's normal. But ultimately, I've learned that that's nobody cares if if I like what they if they like what I I have to say, they're going to find ways to give me credibility and find ways to listen to me. They don't Mm -hmm. like what I have to say. They're going to find ways to diminish me. It's just important to me that I just stay authentic to myself on how I want to do it and deliver cool. whatever message that I believe is fair and whatever message message that I believe is genuine. And I believe it. And mm-hmm. if people like me, they like me. If they dislike me, they dislike me. like, and it's, don't get me wrong. I know it sounds great when I'm saying it. It's way easier said than done. You just mm-hmm. go through like somewhat lapses. You have to make sure you're not reading too much social media, all of mm-hmm. it. It's, it's something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. And kind of a good transition into what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, too, is the uh, dealing with the haters, I guess I'd say. (laughs) When you have takes online, you're bound to get people that don't agree with them and want to let you know that they don't agree with them. Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, you have a big enough following to this point. You probably get haters in everything you say, but you also probably get huge supporters in everything you say. Yeah. Like, There's got to be a balance there. And I was wondering, like, Obviously, it's great to have that support, but how do you how do you deal with the people that are like bishbox wrong? Um. So at the beginning, I would say
1: I dealt with it so much better. At the beginning, yeah. it was just like cool, like someone hates on
0: me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whoa, yeah. like this was like if you I mean, haters That means you're relevant,
1: right? And <laughs> so, like that was like just a cool thing for me. I was like just enjoying it. It didn't affect me. And then you go okay. more and more, and then all of a sudden it does affect you. And by the way, I would say this is not only the haters, the positivity also affects you negatively as well. The positivity gets into your head. You believe, so for example, the haters, in my opinion, the haters, when, when it affected me more, which I would say was about a year or so ago than it does today, I would say it was because the positivity got in my head. In my opinion, the positivity made me think that all my takes have so much value that there shouldn't be haters disagreeing with it. And I actually got very lucky because I took a vacation in between that allowed me to take a step back and introspect on all of this. And I kind of was able to come to the conclusion that like, hey, I'm doing this because I enjoy talking about football. I like talking about football all day and all these people are willing to talk about football with me. So, like, the haters are actually, like, just people who are adding their opinion to the conversation the same Mm -hmm. way I'm adding my opinion to the conversation. And so I've dealt with it better now because I've understood that I just want to talk about football with these people. Um, And I've also not let the positivity as much, like, soak it in, like, be telling myself, like, oh, my take has so much value. Because really, in the grand scheme of things, it it doesn't have a lot of value. It, It doesn't. Uh-huh. It's just but it's also something that I'm saying, and I'm putting a lot of time into and thought into saying,
0: yeah, 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 and I see um like obviously there's tons of people who have the same like differing opinions like everyone's putting their opinion online at this right. point right so it but it can be tough because like when you get one bad comment and you like kind of runs through your head and you're oh, like oh yeah yeah you're like i put all this thought into this and now this person who i've never met before hates it yeah. so like it can be oh yeah it gets, it gets
1: you um, it gets you but the worst part about responding to it is the 30 minutes after you respond the one minute when you respond to somebody that maybe says something a little disparaging about you you're like oh i got him it's yeah. like an adrenaline rush then 30 minutes later you're like damn like I just went at that guy for like absolutely no reason other than he agreed with my football take. Like this can't be that serious. And so it's about just being able to put your phone down in that one moment that it does mm-hmm. trigger you so that you don't have the 30 minutes later where you're like, damn, me! And this guy just got into yeah. it. But yeah, 100%, 100%. You, people who say like the best way to not let it affect you is not read it. It's easier said than done because it's right yeah. there. It's easy to Definitely. read. And people who say, I I would say people who say it just doesn't affect them, that it's not true. It does affect you. You just have to learn how to manage how it affects you, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, Can be something I feel like people deal with for their entire time creating, for sure. If you guys love gold jewelry as much as I do, you have to check out Slide Jewels slide jewels is a jewelry brand that crafts contemporary and affordable pieces from high quality stainless steel from earrings necklaces rings and bracelets slide has pieces for everyone use code to some extent to get 30 percent off your purchase links and promo code will be in the show notes so check it out Yeah, so I wanted to know if you had anybody that you kind of looked up to in the media world. Or like somebody you're like I respect like how they how they do things, how they cover sports. If you had anybody that you kind of look up to.
1: Yeah, so when I first started, it was definitely Mina Kimes just because I felt like she was the person in the media that I could relate to the most. Mm-hmm. She's also someone that never played the game. She yeah. was also, She's also an Asian um, which mm-hmm. I found very, very cool to see someone that was Asian on TV as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was also someone that, you know, she clearly gets, She I related to her from the st- standpoint of like math, science, like she loves the analytics part of the game. Like obviously that's what makes sense to me more. Mm-hmm. And then she's also someone that clearly puts in time into learning the schematic and X's and O's part of the game as well. So she's definitely someone I've looked up to. There's a few writers also. Part of that, like, Grantland from Bill Simmons, like, I like Robert Mays a lot. He's a fantastic writer. Bill Barnwell is a great writer. Yeah, Um, There's a few others in there. But recently, actually, in broadcasting, I've just – I've been introduced also a little bit to MMA broadcasting because I've been watching the UFC a little bit more. Okay. I wouldn't say that in any way what I'm doing relates to any of these two people, but I just am really impressed by John Anik and Errol Helwani. Yeah. Like I just really like oh, yeah. how they do their work, um, especially John Anik. I I, yeah. I don't know if there's a better talker in. Oh
0: yeah, and he's yeah, had some, sports
1: broadcasting, some yeah.
0: legendary calls when he's calling MMA. Um, yeah, I don't know if you watched like the Edwards uh, Usman fight when. The, yes, yeah, he had that. He kind of predicted what was about to happen, yeah. and then ten seconds later it happens, and you're like. This guy knows the sport, like, from yeah, the map, which is crazy. And
1: I, and the crazy thing is, I've been watching like every UFC event now. I still don't know a damn thing about mixed martial arts, I don't get mm-hmm. it, but I just really like how the sport is broadcasted and how the sport is presented. So that's why I really enjoy yeah. it. It's a really weird thing, yeah.
0: Would you ever think about expanding your show into? Uh, a different sport like that because i know i've I've watched your show a lot but i i know that it's mostly nfl focused but you have some nba stuff thrown in there all right Um, but would you ever consider like moving into something like ufc or like talking about that
1: uh i I mean we tried it at the time right it was and fish sports (laughs) but it's just really hard to talk about every different sport it's really hard to keep track of You know, all the different things that are happening and have a very, very succinct and clean opinion on that. Let alone the fact that it's hard as I'm sure you're finding out with your show, it's hard to get it out to people Mm -hmm. right now. The demographic of people that watch my show all really just like the 49ers. Right. Yeah. And so like, if I post something about the 49ers, they might be likely to watch it. Maybe, maybe. But if I post something about anything else, I mean, I haven't captured, I haven't built equity or an audience to people that they can trust what I have to say about those something else. And I'm not ready to try and have to go through the process of building something right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that also brings me into another point. It's like, you seem to have found a very niche market, a very niche audience. But I also feel like to be successful in this like content game, all you really have to do is find a niche audience that is interested in what you're talking about. And there could be 20, 30,000 people in that space, but if you capture half of them, you've got a successful show. So it's like it's it's something that you've successfully done. And uh, I'm interested on in, like obviously you're a Niners fan, but how were you able to kind of capture an audience like that that is like very Because people now go to you and they're like, I'm watching the Bish show to see what he's got to say about the Niners, (laughs) off-season trades, things like that. So I'm kind of interested in how you found that niche.
1: Yeah, so I didn't find that niche. So going back, the guy who I mentioned before, he's a beat writer on the 49ers. He does excellent work. Um, He's also a pretty great content creator. Um, And Mm -hmm. his name is Grant Cohn. He's the one who actually captured the market. So he has like 65,000 subscribers on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And he captured this entire YouTube market that's allowed like kind of smaller shows that are kind of like, I guess, subsidiaries of his large show. Cause so he and I went on and I, he and I definitely, uh, he and I definitely had a lot of success on doing a show together. And so we would do a show together on his channel every Monday. And that's really where I would say, um, I, I even got a start. I got practice in doing this. I got an audience, like all of that starts with him. And he telling me like, Hey, do you want to do a show? Like none of that happens without him. So I'm very grateful to him first mm-hmm. and foremost. And I would say a hundred percent, if I'm being honest, like there's a, like there I'm one of probably 15, 20 different Niners guys that do this. Yeah. And each one of them has a following and that's, what's really, really cool. And I would say that each one of these people has a following on YouTube because of him. He's the one who created this market on oh, YouTube for cool. Niners fans. I think so. It, it, I, I, I don't, there might be some disagreement on that take, yeah, but yeah. I do think he's the one who created this craze and interest for the Niners on YouTube. And okay. I think because he created that craze and interest, it's allowed other people to succeed in the space. And so I'm yeah. one of like many that have captured. and everybody has an audience. It's crazy. And everybody is doing some very like interesting, unique, their own content and they're succeeding in their own way. It's
0: pretty cool. Um, And that's, that's super cool like a nod to to grant as well to like bring up people he thinks could also succeed. Exactly. Instead of being like selfish and being like this is my market. He's like no, you're good at this, come up, I'll help you out. Like that's pretty cool too exactly exactly and he's polarizing too that
1: that's that's the best part of all of it Mm because there's like Niners fans who like absolutely hate him and then there's Niners fans who absolutely swear by him and then in all of this he's just this great guy who's not only uplifting himself he's uplifting a community along with him
0: yeah yeah those are I feel like those people are rare and that's awesome to kind of find somebody who's who's going to like put everybody else on while he's getting success as well. Right. Which is cool. Um, what is like, as somebody who's been doing this for a good amount of time now, and pretty pretty consistently I would say, um, what is some advice that you would give to somebody who's kind of starting off like content creation or like um, kind of hopping on YouTube and just trying to figure out how to make something out of themselves?
1: Um, so the number one thing I would say is one, it, three things I would say. One is obviously stick to it. You have to persevere. Yeah. You're gonna have streams with five people, ten people. Yeah. You're gonna have videos with ten views, twenty views, thirty views. It it happens. Those views are ten. That's still thirty views, man. Yeah, it's like what we, that's kind yeah. of what we're doing
0: right now, man.
1: Uh, oh, it it's a long process yeah. of that. It's a long process of that. Um, but you have to stick to it. The second thing is just be as true to yourself as possible. Just be as authentic to yourself as possible. Um, It's easy to lose yourself uh, just with social media and stuff. Like I felt like myself like change at times and it's like you maybe realize it. Maybe you don't like there might be some changes through this that I don't even realize about myself. There's been a few that I have Mm -hmm. realized that I've not necessarily liked, like yeah. certain responses, whether it be on Twitter or something like that, like has it sometimes I, I have to take a step back and be like, yo, yeah. this is this is affecting me. Or yeah. just like the social media of all of it, like, like you mentioned, the haters, like sometimes that affects you too. Yeah, so you yeah. have to just like, in all of that, you just have to be steady and as even keeled with the positivity and the negativity as possible. Just be as true to yourself. And then the third thing is just put as much content out as possible yeah and just be as efficient so learn how to manage the seo game i'm that's something that i'm learning a lot more now mm-hmm. whether it's the titles the thumbnails um all those different kind of little tricks to help yourself out obviously that helps a little bit but quantity more than anything will help you with the seo yeah,
0: yeah the seo is super interesting to me because i've learned a little bit about it but i think it's So crazy how like you could throw a word in there and YouTube algorithm will pick it up and it'll your video will go crazy right instead of like if you didn't have that word in there you'd get 12 views on your video so it's like uh I've 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 found the pretty interesting stuff kind of researching that and why the YouTube algorithm picks up things why it doesn't why it promotes things why it doesn't so um have you you're still trying to figure that out as well though you're saying
1: oh no no I know what my magic word is for the seo
0: yeah, 49ers.
1: 49ers,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean you figured it out. You know, that just uh, I didn't things. I didn't have
1: to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I will say this. Some other teams, we learned this one. Blake and I learned this one. We thought because 49ers was the bang dang, was the bang word for the SEO, we thought uh-huh. like all other teams, like Bengals would be an SEO, Ravens yeah. would be. It's not like that. It's not like yeah. that. There's certain teams that they the team name is like the buzzword certain teams it's a player it's the quarterback sometimes it's all dependent but at least for right now to where i'm gearing my content and what i'm mainly doing i at least know the word for now (laughs) yeah
0: yeah definitely do you i i know you mentioned blake uh a good amount and i for people who don't know who blake is he used to be Vish's like co-host and he's uh one of our good buddies um both of us but do you miss having a co-host on your show or do you like kind of doing it individually
1: oh yeah i miss it for sure because yeah. you get to talk before the show you know what you're doing yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. always nice to have someone else that you feel like you're with while you're doing it the hate doesn't feel as bad yeah. when you have someone else taking 50 percent of the hate so yeah. yeah for sure i i do miss it but mm-hmm. at the same time also um that also worked because he was the right co-host, I think, for yeah. me. And so it, it, I'm I'm like open to doing something with someone else again, but it would have to be with the right person.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have a good chemistry, good uh, back and exactly. forth. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. you
1: need some disagreement. You can't just come on there and just be, you know, agreeing on every take. You need some disagreement in there. And so, yeah. yeah.
0: So do you do you enjoy the, like, the big – the big sports talk shows where you got Stephen a you got shannon do you do you enjoy watching those shows where they're constantly just almost yelling at each other at points and like getting really upset at each other does do you like the like watching that stuff hundred percent yeah
1: I, I don't get to watch it ever really yeah. but I do always try and catch the few funny clips that circulate yeah. through social media when they do come um obviously I nobody watches that stuff for sports knowledge, but you cannot tell me they're not outstanding entertainment. I think, yeah, I no, think definitely. the entertainment quality is outstanding and I wouldn't, I would be lying if I said that I don't enjoy watching, you know, Stephen A talk about Kwame Brown yeah. or skip <laughs> complain about LeBron and yeah, call exactly. my ankle and stuff like that. Yeah. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think entertainment's the key word there, you know, like, I feel like you go to the smaller writers the smaller if you really want an informed take. But if you want right. entertainment and you want the short, the short clips, you go to those big, uh, the big guys who have made it all the way to the top and are kind of have huge audiences. Um, speaking of that, is there anybody you would really want to get on your show? Like, mm-hmm. like a dream? like a, uh, I think it's called White Whale or something, where it's somebody you would really want to get on your show.
1: That's a great question. (laughs) I I mean, obviously there's any football player like, sure, I would love to have him on. But in terms of like a dream person to talk to, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think who would not only be interesting where I could actually like conversate with them, but also someone that would have me right now would be Lamar Jackson, right?
0: Yeah, Dude, yeah that not be the
1: trying person to talk to right yeah. now
0: or rogers even maybe
1: right rogers yeah. except rogers might tell me to lose his number i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> not for sure um yeah. what about i don't know because somebody that comes to my mind would be somebody like richard sherman who's like very well spoken obviously has that niners background but um, is also like very. He's in in the media game as well now. Kind of retired. Yeah, that's the, a
1: great one. Yeah, that man. would be one for sure. That's a great one.
0: Yeah, and he's like he's he's very knowledgeable about football, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, but that yeah that's super interesting, and I feel like uh, the fact that you got you've had some uh, NFL players on your show already is just um, wild to think about. You know, you just gathered those people in, and they wanted <laughs> to be on your show.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And like, the one thing I've learned is, I mean, yeah, I could say this here because, but yeah, the one thing I've learned is to play it cool. Like, just talk to them like they're the normal guy or whatever. But like, in my head that that just doesn't work. Like, I'm playing it cool. I promise. Like, I'm fully ready to admit in my head, like, I'm not as cool as I'm playing it, but I'm playing it cool with them. Like, you know, Waiting an appropriate amount of time before you respond to a message, just stuff like yeah. that. I, I play, I try, dude. You have no idea how hard I have to try to play it cool. It's like very deliberate.
0: Yeah, don't I worry, they won't, they won't see this interview, but I'll make you, <laughs> you interview. never
1: know. You never know.
0: <laughs> you're, uh, you put on a little, a little bit of face, even though you're like, this is the coolest thing of all time that I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. 100%. Um, and I, it that face like i i just spent you know like a couple minutes in this talking about like how important authenticity is and mm. here i am readily admitting <laughs> that i put on a face but I, I think that face is more about being respectful to them just yeah. because they are other people they don't need you fanboying or yeah. doing those kinds of things yeah they you have, have to deals. yeah you have to you just have they're normal people they do their mm-hmm. job just like we do the, our jobs or whatever and you have to do that but At the same time, you can't remove the fan part of me that's existed since I was five years old, you know. And so I I have to, like, really, really push myself to not be that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if uh, that fan part of you, because you cover your favorite team. And I know I feel like that could kind of bring up some discrepancy a little bit because you're like, this is my favorite team. How do I not be biased and just say they're going to win the Super Bowl every year?
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, But again, it just goes back to what I talked about. Just be as honest as possible. Yeah. And so I I just try to be as honest as possible. And I try to talk about things as fairly as possible. And so what I want is, it's just, it's hard. But once you get yourself used to Mm -hmm. just saying what's on your mind, rather than what you want to say, It just becomes a very, very natural thing. And so right now I have like this sweet spot where I'm still able to root, but I feel like I'm still able to be honest. And I think part of that is because the Niners have actually been good the yeah. entire time I've been doing this. And that's where I, I really do wonder, thing, you know, knock on wood that they remain good. But if they're like a really crappy team again, uh-huh. and we're, there's a little bit more, you know, dystopia, and there's you you have to like start making like – Harder claims like fire the coach, fire, you know, like real takes like that. (laughs) That's when I wonder with me where my fandom would come in and where my bias would come in. Because like as a fan, naturally I defend the team, I defend the organization. Mm -hmm. Even when they're two and fourteen, I justify why them being two and fourteen was okay. But when you're talking about it and you have to be honest about it, there's nothing okay about being two and fourteen. You (laughs) can't justify that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, and the fans know as well, and they want to hear that honesty, but they also want to hear some optimism, so it's it's got to be that balance. Right, like, right. Um, and when and I'm talking football. to my buddies about football, it's like I'm obviously a biased Packers fan, so everything I say – are? Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, but everything I say is defending the Packers, and I I feel like it would be tough for me to go out and be like, well, I actually don't think the Packers are going to be that good because like, <laughs> I have this guard up that is immediately like, no, the Packers are going to be good, trust me.
1: So you don't think Jordan Love is going to be the next Rodgers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it right now. I don't see it, but I got optimism. I'm hoping. See, there um, you go. Yeah, yeah. You got uh,
1: yeah. to get used to saying it, but yeah. it's like it's hard. It'll always be hard, but you just got to get used to being as – honest as you can about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. Yeah. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll get this interview wrapped up. I know you got, you know, you got some important uh, soccer game to get to. Um, (laughs) I'll ask you like maybe one or two more questions, but uh, how do you, I know you've touched on this a little bit, but how do you think you've kind of grown as an individual through your show? I know like putting, obviously putting your opinions online, provide some scrutiny and we kind of got into that a little bit but how have you kind of grown as an individual like putting out your show for almost two years now
1: i definitely got more confident
0: Mm -hmm. confident
1: secure in who i am yeah um because you do have to put yourself a little bit out there
0: for the show and
1: i i don't share a lot you know about family or personal stuff on social Mm -hmm. media like at all like i keep it strictly football but even then you know people do find you on the internet and stuff yeah. like that. So you had, so I've definitely been like gotten more confident and just more secure. Yeah. Um, and like, it's not that I was insecure before, but now I really know more like who I am, why I do this, like what's important to me. Um, And so like I, I do, I, I would say that it's helped me a lot from that standpoint. And then just as a speaker, I, I think that it's improved in terms of my ability to just be poised and be able to be able to talk in any situation and i actually right. think that's actually applicable like in the workplace in like things that have nothing to do with streaming just because i have to talk about it and i have to think on my feet at times and actually mm-hmm. do this it is an exercise that has made me i feel like better at thinking on my feet better at being able to speak now all of that is still 100% a mm-hmm. work in progress but yeah it's improved in ways i don't think it would have especially given that you know, I work a tech job and I work remote. There's not a lot of people interaction. So this mm-hmm. is the only way that I feel like my interpersonal skills from a networking standpoint, from being able to speak to people, from being able to meet new people, from being able to adjust and conversate with different people. This is really, I would say, where um, I've been able to grow because these are the only opportunities I've, ne- I've really had to do those things. Yeah, 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 that's awesome.
0: And I think public speaking, just in general, it makes you much better – at getting confident in yourself to go up and talk in front yeah. of people or something like that. And I'm starting to learn that a little bit, but I think that's part of the journey that I'm on with this show is just kind of trying to figure out how to make myself confident in front of talking talk in front of people and getting more, uh, I guess, like smooth with my talking. It's a with constant that. work in progress, yeah, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you got it down, man. It seems like you... Have got this this formula down that's really successful. It, your platform's growing a ton. Last time I checked it out was a couple months ago. Before I was looking at it again, and you had doubled your subscriber count. And I was like, wow, like that's crazy. And So you are you're doing well, and I I think you've got a formula that's working for you. And I'm um, it's definitely something to look up to for sure.
1: Hey, I I really appreciate that. Again, I I would say some of those numbers are slightly deceiving just because. I would say I'm in a market that there is so much supply and there's so much demand, yeah. but the supply is somehow outweighing the demand. Like these Niner fans are really something else with this YouTube stuff. Like I, I, I'm really not like trying to be humble or kidding when I say I'm really one of like 15 people. Uh-huh. Very, very similar, very similar, probably like YouTube numbers, all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's just a great place for so many different people to yeah. have success. And I know you're, you know, coming along here in your space, you're very, very early in your journey. I, I, The best advice I would give you is that if you start throwing Niners on all your videos and just start yeah. talking about the 49ers, you might have some immediate growth. But I also that think you're doing brutal. a really, really good job. And I'm wishing you the best with everything moving forward. And I can't wait to see your journey. And hopefully one day I can interview you about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Either way, man, we'll, uh, obviously we're going to be in touch. Um, but what, like, what can, uh, people find you on? How do, how do people find you? Plug yourself Yeah. So
1: in. you can find me on Twitter at Vishkumaran. I mainly just tweet about football. It might get annoying if you don't like the 49ers cause <laughs> I'll tweet a couple of times a day. So I, I would recommend you follow me, but follow me if you're willing to, you know, take on a couple of 49ers tweets mm-hmm. every day. Um And then on YouTube, same same thing, at Vishkumarn is my channel. You can find me there. Um, I kept it pretty simple. Naming is not something yeah, I do well. There was no creativity <laughs> there. But at least I, people know whose show they're watching.
0: Exactly. And it's not hard to find, too, if you know what you're looking for. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it again.
1: Dude, always.